When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Uh, right now, let's talk to Justin Urquhart-Stewart. Uh, he's an economist and market commentator. Good morning to you, Justin. Morning, Julia. Morning. Now, morning. look, yesterday we saw the Bank of England cut interest rates to 0.1%, down from 0.25%, uh, lowest the Bank of England's interest rates have ever been in the entire uh, history. Uh, and today we're going to see this unprecedented package of measures to help workers today. Um, I know we're in extraordinary times. It's difficult to even explain quite how extraordinary they are. But um, give us some context for this and what you're well, hoping to hear. Okay, there's some interesting context when you actually compare this with history because it is at very dramatic times indeed. And having zero interest rates, in fact, negative interest rates, they're lower than the rate of inflation. Uh, and also taking on the level of debt that we're having. Uh, one tiresome figure, a debt-to-GDP ratio, in English means government debt to the value of the economy, is between 80 and 85%. It's high, high, a bit lower than it was a few years ago. But compare that with just after the Napoleonic Wars, where it was 200% and really huge amounts of debt. So it's not, uh, it, may, it was a long time ago, but you manage your way through those issues. The other issue to worth remembering as well, because if you follow the mathematics in China of actually what's happening with the outbreak and the, and the, the uh, virus, of course, actually, we're seeing figures there now looking a lot more positive in terms of the number of people now catching it, down to nil, according to their figures. The reason that's important is we can start measuring it. Although the virus will change and adapt, you get an idea of how long it lasts for and therefore the other end of this. Yes. That's important in terms of investment, expenditure, but also that vital word for us all, particularly moments like this, is confidence. There is an end to it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Boris Johnson was very much trying to give people confidence there isn't an end to it. And, and even just sort of talking about 12 weeks, whether or not that figure is plucked from yeah. thin air or not, uh, something yeah. to give us sort of hope and particularly employers. Uh, we know there's a lot of uh, criticism that uh, things haven't happened quickly enough and people are already losing their jobs. In terms of what the Chancellor can announce today in these unprecedented moves, uh, massive tax cuts, uh, income tax holidays, um, wage subsidies, this subsidising a sort of 60% yeah. of, of wages. Um, this is money. I mean, this is money the government can buy borrow at, at virtually zero is it would it be would it be mad not to do this 
Uh, they must do it. Uh, you're going to see effectively the issue of, sort of nickname of Corona bonds, or almost effectively, you know, ultra long, ultra cheap bonds because the because uh, the government can borrow it and um, borrow it so cheaply. Uh, of course, uh, there's less confidence in Britain than before, as you can see by what's happened to sterling. But we're still regarded as a strong economy, strong country, and we've never actually reneged on any of our debt, unlike most other nations, including America, at some stage. So we are seen as a as a good bet for that, and we can finance it, and it means throwing a lot of money. And of course, this is, and a corny phrase, funny money. It is constructive money, uh, created money, which, of course, in due course, can be actually wiped out because under the operation of quantitative easing, the government ends up owning the assets that it's purchasing with its own money. It sounds badness, but it is welcome to the world of quantitative easing. So you'll see a lot more of this happening. And so money will be spent on making sure jobs are maintained. There will be further sub subsidies and support coming through because you can make sure water still flows through the pipes. In the yeah. economic pipes, money keeps on flowing through it. That's what he has to be doing. And that will end up including actually buying also even uh, equities, stocks and shares on the stock market. Okay, thank you very much indeed for helping us get to uh, the grips with all of that. Justin Urquhart Stewart, economist and market commentator. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Colonel Bob Stewart is on the line. He's Conservative MP for Beckham, a former British Army officer. Good morning to you. Hello, Julia. Good morning. Um, there has been a lot of talk about London going into lockdown today, the capital city, the epicentre, of course, of the pandemic outbreak. We saw uh, the vast majority of those, uh, uh, those fatalities uh, in England yesterday. 16 of the 29 fatalities in England were in the capital city. Um, hospitals here uh, supposedly you know, being o close to being overwhelmed. A lot of evidence that um, yeah, lots of people aren't travelling on public transport. A lot of people uh, aren't going out and isolating themselves. But an awful lot of people still out and about. Um, what measures do you think need to be brought in to ensure that everybody does their bit? Well, the first thing is that a lot of people are self-imposing lockdown. They're staying at home, they're trying to work from home, and they're only going out for the minimum period, and they're not socialising. Uh, I think that's probably the most important thing. If more and more people uh, realise that actually they may, they may just be carrying it, they may not have it, that they are actually, all of us, me, you, everyone that walks around, could well be carrying this foul disease and giving it to someone else who might die. You might be okay, but they might die. And that, that's every one of us, so we should all think like that. Now, what can the government do beyond that? Well, in extreme, we could have a sort of 24-hour curfew where um, people are patrolling the streets and picking up those who they find on the streets who they think shouldn't be there. Well, I really don't believe we'll get there. But it is possible. I mean, it could be like the Second World War on the continent, where they have a curfew at night. But, uh, and the police could be patrolling, and so could the military. That is the worst sort of situation that I can envisage now. But that's what we are seeing. That's what we're seeing in Italy. It's what we're seeing in France. Uh, I've I got family members who are in France saying that they've heard of people who, you know, they left their home and they're you know, walking the dog or something, and they, they've been chased back uh, by police officers, told they'll be fined if they, if they leave their home again. I, I also know uh, a terrible situation of, of, of a family I know in France where the, 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 the elderly uh, wife is in hospital, very, very sick, uh, and uh, her husband is not allowed to visit her in hospital. Uh, she may be fatally ill. She may be she may be at the very end of her life. He's not allowed out of his home to visit her. She's not allowed visitors because of the risk of coronavirus. Um, I mean, these are really dire circumstances they're facing. A lot of people would say we are just a few weeks away from that, if not sooner. Julia, we could be. I mean, no one knows. I mean, 
the government, uh, Boris Johnson and his advisors, are actually trying to get the very best professional advice, the chief scientific officer, the chief medical officer. And they're saying, this is what we think. This is, in our professional opinion, what we should do. The government's not putting a political spin on that. It's taking that advice. The, the problem is that so many people are listening to others on the social media, self-proclaimed experts, yes. saying that this is, this is wrong. And, you know, I've had it. I've had people accusing me of, you know, the government not doing it right. And I, I say, well, look, I am a member of parliament and I must accept what the chief scientific officer and the chief medical officer say. Who am I? to argue with them. And by the way, who are you to argue with, with them? But you're putting around real fear by spreading it on the internet that we, everything we're doing is wrong. We're doing it very different to another, other countries. Well, we're, we are looking, and the experts in our country are doing their very best to find a course forward that works to try and contain this foul illness. Uh, Colonel Bob Stewart, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Know your times. Right now, delighted to welcome a very busy man at the moment, the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, to the show. Good morning Thanks. to you. How are you? Um, very well indeed. Probably, probably getting more sleep than you are at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's, let's start, if we can, uh, with, with a, what the Prime Minister had to say yesterday about how we're going to turn the corner and, uh, uh, and take on uh, this, uh, this uh, turn the tide on this uh, van, uh, pandemic in 12 weeks. Um, what's the basis for him claiming that? Well, you know that all the decisions we've taken so far have been based on the science. And the point the Prime Minister was making is that we can turn the corner on this if everybody follows the public health advice, if everybody stays at home as much as possible, it saves lives staying at home, and if people avoid unnecessary social contact. I mean, people have, you know, people have got to uh, be able to, um, to go and get groceries, and um, if you can't work from home, people have got to work. Uh, but... It's it's you know it's an extraordinary situation, and the more that people follow the rules that we've set out, the quicker we'll be able to deal with this virus, and that's the point that the prime minister was making. Well, Sir Patrick Vallance, the chief scientific advisor, joined the prime minister and indeed the Queen yesterday, urging people to yeah. follow that advice. Uh, right now, young people listening right now who are saying, "Yeah, it's only a problem for older people. I'm still out but, and about. It's, it's really not, good. I can get not. a good deal in restaurants." What is your message to them right now? Well, if you stay at home, you are saving lives. You know, I, I know, of course, this is a more dangerous disease for older people, but not exclusively. Some younger people get it too. But more importantly, the longer that, uh, the, the, the more that people that continue to go out and continue to socialize, the more it will spread, and the longer we're going to have to keep these measures in place. So we're urging people to follow the public health advice. In the emergency bill that's uh, in front of Parliament right now, we are taking the powers to be able to enforce these measures so we can make it happen uh, by law if we need to. I'd rather not do that. And the evidence so far is that the vast majority of people are following the advice, are doing what uh, is sensible and right. You know, this is a time when the country has to come together to fight this invisible enemy.
Um, there's talk yesterday of some 25,000 tests uh, are being to be able to be carried out a day in the near future. How soon will that be? It looks like it's currently only around 6,000 tests a day. We urgently need that to be ramped up before we can uh, find out how many people have got this virus. Follow the WHO guidelines on test, test, test. When will we see 25,000 tests a day? Well, as soon as possible. We actually, we've got up to, um, we've got up to almost 10,000 and we've done that faster than we expected. Uh, so we're ramping that up in terms of getting to the 25,000. But there's also some new tests that have just been invented that we're trying to, um, to get our hands on. In fact, I've been working on that overnight to make sure that we can um, buy as many of these tests. You see, the current test have, is lab-based. So you have to take a sample, take a swab, send it off to the lab, get the results back. So it does take a couple of days uh, to turn around and sometimes a bit longer than that. We're doing that as fast as we can and ramping up the scale of those as fast as we can. But the thing we really want is a home-based test, you know, like, for instance, a pregnancy test, or it doesn't really matter the, the, the details of how you have to do it. Some of them are based on a pinprick of blood. And then you can get the test, test yourself, and find out at home without having to go through the, um, the whole process of, uh, of getting the, the swab to a lab. That's what we're uh, looking for, and that's just been invented, as I say. Uh, and is and, this a uh, test and, for, and this is a test for the antibodies, the, the test that you might have had it, or is this a test for people who actually currently think they do have the virus? Well, the first one that we are currently negotiating to buy large numbers of is the what's it called, the antibody test, which is yep. the test whether you have had it, which is obviously important because then you can get back to work, you can get back to the pub, um, and um, you essentially are um, immune. There's very, very few cases of people catching this twice. So we're confident that people are essentially immune um, once they've had it once. Now, getting a, getting a home test uh, for people who have the virus, uh, is that is more complicated scientifically, uh, but we still hope to be able to get to that as well. Okay, now there's also talk today of getting uh, 65,000 retired yeah. medics, nurses, doctors, other technicians back in, uh, medical students, trainee nurses coming in, other volunteers. Yeah. How confident are you that you will get enough people to uh, keep the NHS functioning? Well, I think we're going to get a really good response to this. We've, the regulator has written to the uh, over 60,000 nurses, 15,000 doctors who've been registered in the past and in the last couple of years have come off that register and stopped working in the NHS to say that your NHS needs you now more than ever. This is a once in a generation catastrophe and the NHS needs you. And we need them to then uh, respond to that letter, uh, do uh, a bit of uh, training to make sure that their skills are brought up to date uh, the last couple of years and to make sure that they are and trained and able to do the specific things that are needed a lot for people who, with, who suffer from coronavirus, especially around uh, respiratory problems. So we, with that training is in place and we're sending out the letters today. And my message to anybody who has been a qualified doctor or nurse and has had that qualification lapse is your NHS needs you now and needs you to, needs you to do your bit. 
Um, and uh, the Guardian front page today is reporting on trials on a COVID-19 vaccine that could be available yeah. in the, well, could be available by the end of the next year. Sorry, the end of this year, apologies. Uh, but they're going to start those trials next month. How hopeful are you that we could uh, have a vaccine that quickly? The chief medical advisor and the chief scientific advisor have been a little bit more sceptical that that could happen so soon. Well, on that sort of timescale, I think that it is doable. Um, and the key thing is we've got to try. We've got to push it as fast as safely possible. Um, the UK is a world leader in these sorts of vaccines. We're a world leader in the sorts of tests that you need to check that they're safe. So I'm absolutely thrilled that we're making this progress. Uh, we've been, um, you know, we've put a lot of money into this in the last, uh, in the last few months um, to make sure that the, the money isn't a problem. We've got to do everything that it takes because ultimately, you know, this um, we've got to, we've got to we've got to fight this virus with everything that we've got. The, okay. the wartime analogies are right. Um, I've been lots of pictures on social media of those uh, empty shelves in many supermarkets. Uh, everyone's just going out, panic buying, stockpiling. With any luck, within a week or so, everyone's cupboards and freezers will be full, and we can actually get back to normal. But uh, many emergency workers are getting off work uh, late after a very long, yeah. long shift, unable to buy the food and the goods they need. Is it time for tougher measures on rationing, tougher measures on isolation, and uh, maybe patrols of army, police, or others at supermarkets to make sure that key workers can get hold of the supplies they need? Well, I do think that people need to be responsible. I think well, they're not the being way. responsible. Well, in, in some cases, I mean, the, the supermarkets are already acting on this. Um, and obviously, we've been working very closely with them for some time. Um, the, the key, I think one of the, uh, the good things that's happened is this so-called silver hour, uh, opening early, but only for people who, uh, uh, who are older. Uh, and for, and uh, uh, I hope that can be extended to key workers, too. Um, so that they can get their groceries just after the, stock, the shelves have been filled. Um, and that way, the people who are doing everything that they can to keep us safe can be supported as well. Um, okay. Julia, I've got to go. Can I, can I just um, ask you just one, no, just one more crucial question? And, and this okay. is also, I understand that the food depots are full of food and supplies. It's they can't get yeah. them to supermarkets, can't get them out. The That's big right. issue is you've got a shortage of drivers. But I understand you've got, we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of coach drivers who are used to driving large vehicles, fully qualified, yeah. but they're not allowed under the current laws to drive. They haven't got HVGV license. Is it not a good idea to relax that? If you've got a coach driving license, you can drive an HGV lorry and these people could actually have help with delivery of the food to supermarkets? Well, that is a, uh, a brilliant idea. Uh, we're looking for ideas everywhere, so okay. I'll take it away and I'll talk to the Transport Secretary and uh, let's have a look at that. Okay, Matt Hancock, Health Secretary, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 